Warning. The following podcast contains discussion of industrial sabotage, rampant consumerism, and the truth about Santa Claus. Listener discretion is advised. Best of a load of Bible Belt Holiday Special. With your hosts, James Lewis and Matt Johnson. Holidays, Matt. Yes, the holidays. The holidays are upon us. Those horrible, horrible holidays. With their need to teabag us through October all the way to the 1st of January. I know. What is the deal with that? I mean, the rest of the year we get a holiday here, a holiday there. After Halloween, it's like we're being shit upon by festivity. <laughs> I think a lot of it is, is you know, obviously, the money, man. The greedy bastards, you know, always having to... uh what you call it? Make money. How dare they want to provide for their families? This is the time of the year all of their debts come in. Yeah. There's not the CEO of every major corporation has it in with the mob. <laughs> well, 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 you know, to be honest, that Vig is a bitch. Mob don't mess around. You've never seen Bill Gates with his shoes off. He's lost four toes already. Uh, you think uh, Steve Jobs died from pancreatic cancer? He was stabbed with an ice pick. <laughs> well, yeah, probably in the pancreas somewhere, probably. By Bill Gates, which is really disturbing. Yeah, that's how Bill Gates had to pay his debt off. The mob is heavily invested in Samsung, so. <laughs> Jobs just walked into his office, saw Gates sitting there. How did my personal assistant die? Badly. <laughs> I'm glad it's you, Bill. Uh, it's holidays, Matt. Yes, holidays. <laughs> somehow, another that, somehow another that tangent made sense. Well, they'll probably have a Steve Jobs Day eventually. Probably. Continuing our nation's long tradition of worshipping captains of industry who are secretly horrible. I'll say this much. I refuse to wear a turtleneck. I think my head's too big for a turtleneck. <laughs> well, it's too hot down here. Yeah, that's true. Why do you think we're shirtless? <laughs> well, I do all my recordings pantsless. So, I mean, that's not really so much a heat thing as it is just a arousal thing. It's a holidays, Matt. Yes, holidays. <laughs> this time of the year, as they say in the song, the most wonderful time of the year. How, 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 I don't know how you are, James, but are you? I'm not a big festive person when it comes to the holidays. Um, I don't really get into this, you know, the quote-unquote Christmas spirit too much. Um, like we put up my family, we put up a Christmas tree every year, but it depends. Like one year, we didn't even put it up to like three days before Christmas. <laughs> You just woke up and was like, oh shit, it's almost Christmas. Fuck, we gotta do something. Your dad yeah, chopped out a tree from their front yard. Well, in his defense, that tree was giving him lip. He boxed it. <laughs> he knocked it yeah. down with a kick like in Batman year one. Uh, but, um, but yeah, you know, we're not overly, overly festive people, you know. We don't get into the holidays too much. Speaking of that, does it bug you whenever people put up their Christmas decorations way too early? Um, sometimes, uh, it depends, like, um, I would say, depending on the scale of it, like, if someone puts up, like, a little, little something before Thanksgiving, I'm not too bad, but you see motherfuckers whose houses light up, like, the Griswolds, you know, that shit. Yeah, I've got a family like that who lives down the street from me who put up their shit before Halloween. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's just ridiculous right there. Um, there's a house I go past. 
I didn't notice it until I, I mean, to their credit, they waited after Thanksgiving. But now that I see it, it bugs me every time I go past it because it's uh, one of those houses that's lit up brightly. And it's just, I don't know what it is about it. It just infuriates me. It's like they're rubbing their yuletide dick in their face. Exactly. And I think that, I think mostly it appeals, like, I'm very, when it comes to, like, uh, lights and stuff, I'm very weird about that. I like to, I don't like to leave lights on in, in parts of the house where nobody's at. And I think seeing all those lights is pissed me off because it's just a waste of good electricity. You just stick your head out the window. The real gift you could give this year is the gift of savings. Damn right. Go green, you assholes. Or maybe not so much go green as just be sensible about your electricity. I mean, do you know how much that electricity bill is going to be this month? And they're like, can you please get off our lawn? No, I'm not getting off your lawn. Why don't you give General Electric a gift? Damn right. Well, you are giving them a gift. They're <laughs> raping you in the ass. Assholes. And I, like, kick the reindeer. I'm contradicting myself, but I don't care. It's Christmas. <laughs> and then I go to the next house that's lit up brightly. <laughs> that's your version of caroling. Exactly. You're an anti-caroler. <laughs> you ring the doorbell, they open it up. Christmas is bullshit! <laughs> this is just the birthday of the Greek god Apollo. Exactly. A bunch of pagans invented this holiday. How does that make you feel? You know how the Romans celebrated this holiday? But fucking But fucking orgies, gladiatorial games, and vomiting left and right. So, fuck you. This is invented by the power companies. This is a big conspiracy. We're not saying that too loud. You're saying this to a 12-year-old girl. <laughs> <laughs> Mommy! There's a man at the door. Merry Christmas, assholes, and I just run away. You give them the gift of truth. Exactly. That's something that's good year-round. But um, whenever I was a kid, I was the biggest fan of Christmas. Mm-hmm. Like, I was one of those kids who, like, got super into it. Partly because my family was poor, and this was the only time of the year I got things. <laughs> but also because I was really sentimental. Like, I was I was the kid that believed in the magic of Christmas. <laughs> Watched a Christmas carol every year with a tear in my eye. Mickey's Christmas Carol, of course. Yeah. The best version of that story. I don't know, though. I think Scrooge gives it gives it a run for its money. Not the one with George C. Scott. I think George C. Scott's in it. Um, Bill Murray is, you know, Ebenezer Scrooge. Um, oh, you said Scrooge Ed. Yeah, Scrooged. Ain't it Scrooged? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I meant. Well, my version has Scrooge McDuck in it, so. Yeah, well, yeah, they, I mean. Does Scrooge he... have a scene where Bill Murray jumps into a pile of gold coins that fill his pool? If only. No, um, but he does have the lady from Taxi beating the shit out of him with a wand. But uh, I think you mentioned how you kind of you you were big on Christmas because of you know, your family you know that was like the one time of the year you got stuff. Um, I don't know I've never thought about this maybe that's part of the reason why why I'm never big into Christmas because um, I grew up for the early part of my childhood uh, as an only child and uh, I I got stuff year round. I mean you know I mean I wasn't like you know I wasn't getting like four-wheelers and shit like that all the time. But, you know, I'd get a little something here and there every so often. And so when Christmas time come, you know, it was, all right, that's cool. You know, I was I was very... Uh, so you were a spoiled little shit is what you're saying. I wasn't a spoiled little shit. I was, oh, I was, more gifts for me? Put them in the pile. Fuck you, all right? I'm sorry my parents loved me, okay? <laughs> I've been waiting six months for you to say that. You. <laughs> you're welcome. But, uh... I was never really big into the Christmas thing as you were because um, I think it was about eight 
when uh, I finally figured out Santa Claus wasn't real. I'd had suspicions for years, but what? What? have been trying to solve that mystery since you were five. Exactly. I've been trying to close the case. I've had it was a cold case with me. You interviewed witnesses. Aunt Trisha, do you want to talk about Santa Claus? This interview's over. <laughs> Why does everyone give me the rub off? You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm in kindergarten narrating things like a noir detective. <laughs> she was a dame, all right. She had legs. Legs that went up forever. You know, it was my teacher walking up. Whoa, are you are you all right? I'm all right, Missy. Why don't you give me apple juice? Be a good girl. Go on now. The case of the elusive Kringle. <laughs> but um, what sold it for me, though, was I had this idea, and I wanted to test it out. And I was in second or third grade at the time, and we were in the middle. It was like the holiday season, and I was like, all right. I, I I knew there was somebody in my class who was you know talking about Christmas and stuff, and I said, "Hey, you know what? Santa Claus is not real." And the guy, the I want to say it was a little girl, she got kind of upset by this, and she told the teacher, and the teacher took me out of the classroom, and she told me, "Look, it's one thing to say that you know Santa Claus isn't real, but don't tell everybody that." You know, she pretty much confirmed my suspicions that Santa Claus wasn't real. <laughs> I pulled off like a Batman gambit. <laughs> you went Black Widow on her. Exactly. I pulled some heinous shit. I conned the whole classroom and also apparently broke a little girl's spirit. <laughs> Again, like Black Widow would do. Yes. And of course, I'll, I'll mention that I was eight at the time. But yeah, Santa Claus is bullshit. I knew it then. I knew it now. That day you went to her doorstep. Santa Claus isn't real, you know. <laughs> I kept it, uh, even like when we were graduating high school, like, you know, we were get our diplomas. Hey, you know, Santa Claus is real, right? Fuck you, you bastard. That was your commencement speech. Pretty much. You stood in front of the whole school. Ladies and gentlemen, I have something to tell you. You have all been lied to. <laughs> to the graduates of the class of 2006, I say this. Santa Claus is not real. And then I just, oh, there was a lot of harumph in that day. But, um... But what about you? When did you kind of find out that the big man wasn't real? I don't know. It's I don't remember there being a specific moment. It was just as the years mm -hmm. went by, things started to make less and less sense. <laughs> Eventually, I just sort of – my belief in Santa Claus just sort of faded away. Mm -hmm. Much like me in religion. <laughs> no weird way. <laughs> One year, I'm like, whoa, Santa Claus is totally real. The next year, I'm like, uh, Santa Claus is real, but – I have some doubts. Then the next year, uh, Santa Claus probably isn't real, but he might be. The next year, yeah, Santa Claus isn't real. You were 17 at the time. <laughs> it was when you took physics in, in uh, high school. You were like, nope. Hold on, wait a minute. You're telling me this fat guy goes around the world in the span of a night giving billions of children presents. They don't even have chimneys. You know, you're just you're like me, instead of me with the graphs, you're like, um, you're writing on your wall, you're scribbling <laughs> stuff, you know, you're writing out formulas, there's tattered papers everywhere, you're locked in your room. It's a beautiful <laughs> mind now. Yeah, there it writing is. Writing on my window. <laughs> You've got, like, blurry, so-called surveillance photos of Santa Claus in flight. It doesn't add up. <laughs> my window, I've drawn a snowflake with a question mark next to it. <laughs> what does it mean? What does it mean? Oh. Uh -huh. <laughs> here's a question. Do you ever have moments where you think back on your childhood and you think, man, there was a time when I believed in Santa Claus, and now I don't? Um, you just feel that pain again? I've had that happen to me this year. So that's the thing. I've never been, like, you know, I'm 
for me as a kid, this may sound weird, but uh, to me, what broke my heart wasn't Santa Claus. It was finding out Batman wasn't real. <laughs> you thought Santa Claus was Batman. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just the way I am. But I just never fully, even as a child, bought into the Santa Claus thing. Never. I don't know. If it makes me like some jaded asshole or something. But yeah, you were one jaded asshole at age five. Well, I mean, those dames should have gave me the runaround. Who says you are, my mommy? <laughs> but my father, um, he found out. Like he, he kind of figured out Santa Claus was real because of. Something my grandfather did. Supposedly, like, he mentioned like he was going to try to stay up to wait on Santa Claus, which is something pretty common thing kids do. Um, I, I I never did it, but you know, as we previously established, jaded asshole over here. I need my beauty sleep. All right. You didn't care if anything was put under the tree. You had enough. Well, yeah. Okay, that's fine. Whatever. You received gifts from your admirers every day. <laughs> yes, I was used to it. Um. But uh, he he was supposedly going to wait up for Santa Claus one one Christmas. And my grandfather told him, no, you can't do that. He's like, why not? Because Santa Claus sees you awake. He's going to throw salt in your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> He'll throw salt in your eyes and leave and not give you any presents. <laughs> oh, what are you doing here? <laughs> and... My, my father was like, damn, Santa Claus is an old son of a bitch, you know? <laughs> a bastard. This will inform my behavior for years to come. <laughs> First, he's going to give me presents, he's going to throw salt in my eyes. So Santa Claus taught your dad how to fight dirty. Pretty much. That was where it started. I like to think that Santa Claus threw salt in his eyes, and he, he responded blindly by pulling his beard, and the rest is history, as they say. But, um... He kind of, that's where the seeds started with him, and pretty much like a year or two later, he pretty much was sold that, you know. Now, Santa Claus wouldn't really throw salt in my eyes. He'd just punch me in the throat. <laughs> hey, little boy. Oh, no, he kicked me in the dick. Oh, oh, oh. But, yeah, that's kind of the long and short when it comes to Santa Claus. You know, and <laughs> for, for me, anyway, you know, just never being a big believer of the whole Christmas myth. I mean, it's not to say that I don't enjoy some Christmas things. Just because I'm not very festive. You know? I mean, we all enjoy Die Hard. Exactly. Probably one of the best Christmas movies. Um, what about you with, like, Christmas songs? Uh, I pretty much hate all of them. Really? I thought you were a big fan of the Christmas shoes. <laughs> well, there's that. Now, question. There's one Christmas song that has always creeped the fuck out of me. Mm-hmm. Come on, yeah, that's it's creepy. Ask not for who the jingle bells toll. <laughs> um, probably for me the creepiest. It's not necessarily a Christmas song, but it's a song that they play around Christmas. Um, if you're listening to "Baby It's Cold Outside," I've heard that at some point. Pretty much, if you listen to the song, it's a duet. Like, there's a lady, and she's talking like, you know, like, she's at some guy's house. She's like, I have to go, you know, he's like, baby, please stay. And they keep going back and forth. Pretty much, it gets to the point where he's almost going to date rape this woman. <laughs> and seriously, if you listen to it, like, she's like, I have to go, baby, what's your hurry? You know, he's Come on, it. baby, I paid for dinner, you yeah. owe me. <laughs> Pretty much, if that was, like, the last lyric, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm gonna slip something into your cocoa. Yeah, exactly. 
And just, I mean, it's not a bad song. It's just every time I hear it, <laughs> it's always... not a bad song. It's just about forced sexual favors. Yeah, yeah. That's what Christmas is about. That's how it all started. Santa Claus couldn't get laid, so he decided <laughs> to give presents to kids. That's not creepy at all. That was his in with single mothers. <laughs> hey, I was nice to your kid. Why don't we go out to dinner? Um, speaking of that, uh, that reminds me of probably one of my favorite Christmas songs. is isn't necessarily a uh, Christmas song, but um, I don't know if you've ever heard it. It's a song called Backdoor Santa. Sounds amazing. It's a blues song by Clarence Carter, and if you listen to it, it's just about him sleeping with women while their husbands are away. I mean, seriously, that's what it is. Yeah. It's like they, like Santa they, Claus always did. Yeah, that's what, they call me Backdoor Santa while the boys are out there. You know, I'm at home with the girls playing or something like that is what he says. I mean, like I said, I mean, I, just because well, being Santa into that is terrifying. <laughs> oh, 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 I'm here playing while you're away. My belly isn't the only thing shaking like jelly. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> uh, he rubs his bag across her face. Ah, but but yeah, I've always when it comes to like Christmas stuff, I've always been more of a. Uh, I don't like much of the traditional stuff too much. Like the song Backdoor Santa, not really the ideal Christmas song. We think of Christmas and like Christmas movies. Like I like Scrooge and uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think of any other. You have any movies that are like part of your routine on Christmas? Like it's not Christmas until you've seen this movie. Um, it's I think back when I had cable, I used to watch A Christmas Story oh, yeah, every year. Uh, pretty much like during Christmas, we'd leave it on, like TBS would do 24 hours, you know, Christmas story. And we would leave it there on Christmas morning until the afternoon, until we finally got sick of it, you know. <laughs> now, 24 hours of that kid getting shot in the face. Exactly. But, um, uh, what about you? Is there any, like, anything that stands out for you? For my family, it was never Christmas until we all sat down and watched Christmas Vacation. Ah, uh, yeah. Which I didn't realize until watching it again as an adult is a terrible movie to watch with your family on Christmas. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, Chevy Chase is like his rant, uh, his boss. I mean, it's not that bad. I remember always watching it on Christmas, like on cable networks, with all the cursing edited out. <laughs> so I always wow. grew up thinking it was a family movie. <laughs> then I watched the DVD whenever I was a teenager, and suddenly that made the movie five times more depressing. I'm not entirely sure why. It's like, holy shit, this takes place in a world where people curse. This is real. It's not fantasy anymore. Uh -huh. Cousin Eddie's uh -huh. a deadbeat dad. <laughs> this is horrible. Well, I will say that if there's one thing that Christmas Vacation taught me, probably the most important lesson from it is fuck yuppies. Yuppies exactly. are scum of the earth. They can't be trusted. And they should be blinded by gigantic Christmas lights. Fuck their all-white apartments. Exactly. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. That usually like means Christmas here at Casa de Johnson. That's what I'm calling it now. Oh well, there's one tradition. I forgot. But it's a new tradition. Uh, me and my brother always try to go see a movie on Christmas Day, which um, began with the spirit. Yes. How'd you know that? That was the first film we went to go see on Christmas Day. So we have to make this right. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. Let's see. All right, the spirit was 2009. Um, 2010 was. Uh, True Grit. We went to go see True Grit. And last year we went to go see Sherlock Holmes 2. Oh, wonderful Christmas movies. Yes, and this year we're going to go see the most uh, appropriate Christmas movie of all, Django Unchained. Because <laughs> nothing says Christmas like Jamie Foxx 
fucking up some white folks. Exactly. It's gonna it's gonna be a black Christmas, not a white Christmas. <laughs> you also watch Black Christmas. <laughs> to me, that that's probably the most important Christmas tradition. Going to see a movie. We bond, man. That's what we do. Um, what about Christmas gifts? Like, is there been like anything you've gotten over the years that you remember more than anything? Well, one thing I remember vividly is a Batman the Animated Series Batplane. Oh, yeah. I got when I was like three or four. It's like the only memory I have attached to that period of my life is playing with that thing and getting on Christmas morning. <laughs> like, I can look at photos of it from that Christmas and think, just, I remember the way it felt, like the plastic. I remember the weight of it. I remember the paint job. It's like that bit of memory. It's the only toy <laughs> I have that strong of a connection with. When you when you die, you'll haunt that toy. <laughs> and the garbage dump that Mal calls home. Yes. And I'm sure my dad stepped on that thing a thousand times. It was designed to hurt parents. Yes. So it makes it the perfect toy. Yeah, I had a Batmobile or two back in my day, and I know. This is actually an interesting story, not related to uh, Christmas, but my father actually used one of my brother's toy Batmobiles to put out a fire. <laughs> it's appropriate. What happened is, uh, one he he found like a Zippo lighter, and he was playing with it. He was putting lighter fluid in it, and I think he actually squirted some on the carpet. And uh, he forgot about it, and went you know finished up filling it up, and I think he struck it, and something happened, and the carpet caught on fire, <laughs> and he jumped action. The the closest thing around he could use to put it out was my brother's Batman Beyond Batmobile. <laughs> And he just went went to town on that fire, just smacking it, you know, against the carpet. Save us, Batman. <laughs> he put out the fire, and the Batmobile was really no worse for the wear. <laughs> I'm serious. I mean, because that, that fire, it was lighter fluid fire, so, you know, that stuff just burns up real quick. I mean, that's Wayne tech for you. Exactly. I don't, especially Wayne tech of the future. <laughs> Originally, you asked your old Batmobile to help, and he was like, never again, <laughs> and rolled off. <laughs> That was the day your love affair with Batman began. <laughs> but as far as like me and Christmas gifts, I'm trying to think if there's one that stands out. Probably my, one of my favorite Christmas gifts I got was, um, I think when I was eight, I got rollerblades. Um, this was the 90s, so, you know, rollerblades, that was the shit back then. Um, you roll around on your rollerblades with your fluorescent pink shirt. <laughs> but, um, yeah, because I remember, like, I, I never got to actually go outside and use them until, like, March. <laughs> Because my mother was so afraid of me, like, slipping on, you know, in the road and falling, you know, breaking something, that I had to get used to balancing and rolling on them in my house. And the problem with that was pretty much the majority of my house was carpet. And there was no way I could successfully rollerblade in the house. So you were just walking around on them? Pretty much for, like, three months until finally I went outside and got used to you know, actually using them. Immediately fell on your face, was rushed to the hospital. Your mother confiscated them. Well, like, I think that summer I, I I skinned up like half my leg. I fell, I went down this real sharp hill, thought I could go all the way through, and I hit a rock and tumbled and fucked up my leg. But um, but that was later. I proved her right eventually. That's what, to her, that was the most important thing. Not, not you know, my safety, but proving that, you know, it was a bad idea to get me rollerblades. Secretly, she was the one who pushed you. Exactly. Yeah, my parents did kind of a similar thing. At least twice in my life, I received a bike for Christmas. 
mm-hmm. even though we never lived anywhere where you could actually ride a bike safely. You lived on the interstate. <laughs> Close. Uh, sometimes we'd just live in uh, these little trailer parks where there was really nowhere to ride a bike except for uh-huh. you know, 10 feet of driveway. And sometimes we lived in really bad neighborhoods where you couldn't safely ride a bike around. You don't get your shit taken. Come back, find my bike up on cinder blocks with the stereo <laughs> missing. <laughs> Those roving gangs of uh, of Alabama, they're like uh, the guys from Mad Max. <laughs> they all have Australian accents for some odd reason. But uh, speaking of presents, I think we're ignoring America's real most cherished holiday. <laughs> oh, yeah. Black Friday. Yes, the real reason that the holiday season exists. Money Christmas. Exactly. So did you do any Black Friday shopping this year? No, um, actually, I haven't done Black Friday stuff in about 12 years, actually. Um, i say it's around 2000, maybe 2001. Um, whatever year Razor scooters were big. After 9-11, you said no more. Exactly, I lost. You changed your life. I lost faith in it. But no, um, like, I was doing, like, I'd go to Black Friday. This is, I went to Black Friday back when the stores actually used to open. And stay closed until that actual Friday. I, I mean, I'm I'm old school hardcore Black Friday from back <laughs> in the nineties. Your OG Black Friday. I I was there back when the Furbies were the hot toys. And I, and I, I was in, I waited through the stores of Walmart ninety seven. I was there through Furby, Tamagotchi, all that shit. You were there for the riots. Yes, but um, in two thousand, the last time I went, the reason why is actually because of my mother. I went with her and my grandmother to – we went to like to Walmart, and one of the big deals she wanted to get was a DVD player. They had like a DVD player for $30. This is – I'm talking about 2000. In 2000, DVD player, you know, DVD players were around $100. Back in those days, for those kids listening, <laughs> you don't understand that you – know, they think DVDs were always $5 a piece. DVD players are always $15. Nope. No, never like that. We have to educate all the five-year-olds listening. And so we were like we were in the middle of the the mob. Well, I say mob. It was it was packed, but like the place we went to never got unruly. They were able to keep the peace back then. Yeah, pretty much. Now, like they later that day, we actually went to a, a bigger town and a bigger Walmart, and that shit was crazy. People <laughs> fist fighting over razor scooters. That's why I remember that. People getting bashed in the head with Furbies. Somebody punching a bitch out, taking the Razor scooter, popping it open, and riding off down the aisle. Shit. They've <laughs> got a trail of blood behind them. Exactly. But um, my mother wanted this DVD player real bad. So uh, we got separated. She's like, you're closer. Go, 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 go get the DVD player. And I tried to get get to it, you know. And uh, by the time I got there, the DVD players were gone. And I was like, damn it, I missed it. And I told her, and she got so pissed at me <laughs> that I didn't get the DVD player. That's like... It was like, it made me stop and examine not just her, but like the whole Black Friday thing. I'm like, you know what? (laughs) This is not worth it. What? I had like a moment of clarity. I was 12 years old at the time. I'm like, what have we become? There has to be a better way. Exactly. And then you you started Festivus. (laughs) But yeah, from then on out, the Friday after Thanksgiving, I sleep in. Why was your mom so angry at you? Because she thought I wasn't trying to get a DVD player. She thought I was just dragging my feet, you know. You have failed, young Johnson. 
I never thought I didn't say this at the time. I wish I would have because I realize it now. But first off, I was in the middle of a packed mob of people. I was 12 years old. You were just a boy. Exactly. She, I mean, this, I was like one of those child soldiers from that, you know, from Africa. They sent into combat. I had seen horrors that no man should ever be forced to see. You carry that weight with you to this day. Exactly. But that's pretty much, for the most part, that's really my only Black Friday story. Except for the fact that I never got why people freaked out over Furbies. I remember that year that the Furbies were popular and that the story went to, they only had eight of them. And they were going to have a lottery to decide who got the Furbies. I was like, really? <laughs> that's bullshit. I remember whenever Furbies were in. We all got Furbies for Christmas that year. Well, I remember, like, I didn't get a Furby that year, but I got Furby next year for, like, $20. I mean, they, you just, you you couldn't give them away a year later. So. You got a Furby out of spite. Exactly. I fucked that thing up. You went Reservoir Dogs on it. <laughs> well, Steelers wheel were playing behind me while I, you know. You cut off his little plastic ear. Yeah, I, I talked into the ear. Hey, can you hear me? I remember the appeal of the Furby, at least from my memory, was everyone assumed they did more than they actually did. Yeah, I remember, oh, it talks back to you. Eh, kind of. Once you got it and looked at it, I was like, oh, well, it's more like a parrot. You say something, and it just responds with, you know, like six random phrases, you know. But whenever you're a kid and you see a commercial for that, and it's like, holy shit, it's talking. It's going to be my best friend. <laughs> it will love me the way no one else has so far. I can blame it for things that I do, and it can't defend itself because it's so good-natured. I mean, to be fair, though, kids' commercials, like, I look, I remember seeing those, like, commercials like that back in the day, and, oh, my God, it's going to be so awesome, so amazing. And I see commercials for the same toys, or not the same toys, but for toys now, I'm like, really? That shit is stupid. You know, I think they're stupid, but I'm like, well, you know, if I was six or seven I saw it now, I'd be, I think they would be awesome, you know? Yeah, I had that experience with Rad. The Ultimate Robot. I remember that. It was like a remote control robot that was also huh. like programmed with phrases and was supposed to... Well, the thing I remember from the commercials was not only did it fire Nerf bullets, it had a tray where it could bring you drinks. Oh. Oh. Again, I thought it would be my best friend. I remember like once a week, my mom and I would go to Toys R Us to see if they had it in stock. And every week, we were disappointed. Because it was in such high demand. That became this weird ritual I would do with my mom, where every couple of weeks we'd go down there and we'd go out to eat, and that would be our day on the town. The red hunt. <laughs> and eventually, after months and months, I finally got one. And it was the worst toy ever. <laughs> uh, you could barely maneuver that thing around with the controller. You put drinks on its hand, and then the hand fell down because it couldn't carry the weight of one drink. Those... Dick is. How, I, I just can't believe that commercial would lie to you. About a robot with the name Rad. Yeah. That is not truth in advertising. Um, I don't remember that robot, but I think maybe from the if the commercials were like you said they were, I probably blocked out my memory because I thought maybe it was science run amok. <laughs> They've developed Rad robots? I thought we were years away from rad technology. <laughs> These are like the men who pioneered the Manhattan Project. They never stopped asking if they should do it. <laughs> Does the science run amok? You grab your shotgun. 
I flip a table over just because you have to flip a table over anytime you say something about science or an amok. It's one of the laws of the universe, really. Today, they're carrying drinks and doing rad things. Next, they'll be making love to our women. <laughs> we'll be the ones carrying drinks. It won't be so rad then, will it? Can you compete with a radical robot? I know I can't. They're shooting Nerf darts today, but a couple weeks, there'll be bullets. Yeah, the second they learn to stick rocks in there, we're all dead. <laughs> I mean, how can we measure up to a machine's idealized version of radness? <laughs> They're cold, hard, calculating ideal of radness. The only one left alive will be Corey Feldman and Vanilla Ice. <laughs> Yeah, the, the radness is just at a point to where the red robot tries to scan them, their heads blow up. <laughs> it's like a T-Rex, they just can't see them. <laughs> see, Vanilla Ice has been preparing for this for decades. I mean, oh, that's what he wants you to think. That's his excuse anyway. I don't know, though, if you saw, what was that movie he was in? Cool as Ice. Yeah, Cool as Ice, yeah, that's pretty much his whole alibi. That's the movie we use to destroy the radical robots. <laughs> we just have it playing in a loop in all their houses and... They're transfixed by it. They can't move. Yeah, it's like um, how supposedly there's something I saw like you, the way to defeat a robot is to describe a paradox to them, and we just program cool as ice into their you know their mainframes. He is jumping in his motorcycle without a ramp. Does not compute. <laughs> Our systems can't handle this level of ramp. I don't know if I could take Vanilla Ice being the next John Connor. I don't know. Yo, G, you listening to this? You are the revolution. <laughs> Word to your mother. If there's a robot uprising, yo, I solve it. Gonna drop some funky uprising. <laughs> Going back to Black Friday. Yes, back to the original whole point of this conversation. And we'll stick a pin in the radical uprising. Yeah, they'll say that for... The robot episode. Yeah, book, book 12, robots. Because <laughs> what's more southern than that? Exactly. Now going back to Back Friday, this year marks the first time I participated in this ah, secret American tradition. Really? So, whereas I'm, I was the burnout grizzled vet, you were the <laughs> fresh-faced rookie. Who does everything by the book. <laughs> Even love. <laughs> but I didn't go on the actual Friday. I went that Thursday night. Yeah, that's something that I've noticed. It kind of bugs me that, like, stores, you know, they have their Black Friday sales the whole week of Thanksgiving, you know? <laughs> and yet it's still just as crazy. Yeah, that's, I think that's what pisses me off, because they the deals are available week round. There should be a brief 15-minute spot where everything is on sale and, and, and inspires mass chaos. That's what I want. Now you want a bottleneck on the crazy. Exactly. Not craziness spread out throughout the week. But it all started Thanksgiving, and I was eating with my family, and uh, my grandmother and my aunt, and they were discussing going out for Black Friday, and her kids and I were sitting on the floor, and they were just tearing through Black Friday sales papers, like, oh, look at this, look at this, look at this, just with passion. And I realized it was like some kind of perverse, inverted Christmas. <laughs> Instead of tearing over things they're getting, they're tearing over things they're going to get later. <laughs> or so they think. <laughs> and I thought to myself, there's probably nothing there I'm going to buy. But I'm going to go to Black Friday just for the experience of having been to Black Friday. For the story. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I mean, like that guy in Mount Everest. I shop because it's there. <laughs> 
We do not shop because it is easy. We shop because it is hard. You're like the Kennedy of Black Friday. <laughs> so that night, I went to Black Friday. That night, I went to Walmart with my grandmother at around 8 o'clock. Well, wait, wait. Hold on. I do want to say that Black Friday is a real thing. It is an event you can go to. You know? <laughs> Although we're not we're not allowed to go. We're too white. You know, There's a sign at Black Friday. No jive turkeys allowed. Oh. <laughs> I'm always too white for things. It's always been my cross to bear. And yet I'm not pale enough to hang out with albinos. Yeah, well, to be fair, albinos are assholes. So, I mean, them and the deaf people, they run the same circles. I mean, what is being an albino other than skin deafness? <laughs> exactly. So that night we went to Walmart at around 8 o'clock. The step sale wasn't starting until 9, so you know, we had a little time to get ready. It actually wasn't that crowded. I was surprised. I don't know if it's the same with all stores, but at this Walmart, they had the sales items in the middle of the aisles. Yeah, that's usually like – yeah, that's pretty much standard fare. And people were standing by them waiting to grab them the second the sale began. Now, as soon as she sees this, my grandmother tells me to go wait by one of those fire pits they have. Uh-huh. I guess you cook on. There was no pre-discussion of what we were going to be buying. <laughs> we, were, we were just – we were freestyling. Snatch your run, yo! It's like, ooh, a gift! Stand by it. <laughs> now, she tells me to stand by this fire pit, and it's going to be about 45 minutes at this point before the sale begins. So, I go to the car, and I pull out a comic book, which I'd brought with me, because I knew I was going to be standing around for a while. Which comic, may I ask? Whiteout Melt, by Greg Rucka. Oh, yeah, yeah, Whiteout. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I've heard of Whiteout. I've never read it. Antarctica's a murderous bitch, man. Exactly. So... I leave my buggy in an empty aisle. I go out to the car, get my comic book. As I walk in, the store is suddenly packed. It's almost impossible to get through. Did there like a bunch of people outside waiting for you to leave or something? Apparently, they're thinking the second that guy leaves, we're all just going to pack in. Everybody's like, should we go? No, wait. They see you walk. Wait till that guy walks out. Now go, 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 go. <sighs> We can't afford to have him inside. He's a wild card. For some reason, they make the sound like SWAT team up, 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 when they run in. Now, as I'm trying to navigate my way back to where I was, I run into my cousin and her boyfriend. I asked them if they were there to shop, and she says, Oh, no, we just came in to buy a bag of pizza bites. No sale on earth would make me stay here in this store. Wow. That does not fill me with confidence. For some reason, I had the idea of, um, my mind went back to Batman. <laughs> you know, what are you doing here? Perusing the riots. <laughs> You know, it has that kind of vibe to it. Yeah. You don't think you get out of here with those pizza bites, do you? Things change. It was a I'll... scene at the beginning of a, a horror movie. <laughs> oh, you don't want to go to that house. That house has been haunted for 20 years. <laughs> a lot of history in that house. They warned you, to be fair. A half hour from now when you're getting hacked to bits by a DVD player, you'll know. <laughs> it knows it's becoming obsolete, so it decides to defend <laughs> itself. It tries to kill Blu-ray, but then it just, you know, it go. It, after it kills the Blu-ray, its, it's thirst for vengeance cannot be stopped. Well, it can't kill the Blu-ray. It's too beautiful. <laughs> like it knows how inferior it is. <laughs> now, now, the back aisles are all roped off, like with police tape. I'm not sure how Walmart got police tape, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> the back aisles are roped off, so the only way to move through the store is to walk down the aisles where everybody's waiting. Uh-huh. It's like trying to jog in downtown Tokyo. 
<laughs> it's like swimming through a pool of people jello at this point. <laughs> and I realize what a mistake it is to leave the buggy behind, because that's going to be a pitch to carry this thing around in the crowd. Yeah. And without the buggy, I'll have to get this massive barbecue pit and have an equally troubling time trying to move around with that. Also, all anybody has to do is smack the back of the pit with their hand, and it drives my nose into my brain. <laughs> Jesus, you, I mean, seriously, you, I think you maybe thought about this a little too much. I have heard stories about Black Friday. <laughs> I was prepared. Now, did, you, did you have your rape whistle? Unfortunately, I did not. Uh-huh. I did have 911 dialed on my cell phone, just in case. <laughs> I wade through a sea of elbows and beer cuts. And I make it to the previously empty aisle where I'd left the shopping cart. And I say previously because in the ten minutes since I'd left, a small shanty town had erected itself around the cart. <laughs> Hobos were baking beans on the cart, using it as like a grill. There was harmonica music playing. <laughs> Welcome to Hooverville, son. The hobos had taken over the store and announced it on the loudspeaker. The store's now ours. <laughs> now, there were at least 20 people crammed into that aisle with folding chairs, blankets, and books way thicker than mine. They probably see you, you rookie. With your the, graphic novel. Um, well, why were they, what, what, what did cause them to gather around? Was there, like, something for them to take? No, that was just the aisle right beside where the main aisle was, where all the stuff was. So I okay. guess they were going to sit there and let you know, the vultures get most of the stuff. The second they were gone, they'd stand up and they'd start scrounging for things. Well, if you know, Black Friday does have a pecking order, so, you know, it's like this the circle of life, you know. It's amazing the like, tiny ecosystem that forms in the midst exactly. of a giant sale. I think that's very telling of humanity, that something about Black Friday makes us like the animals. It's like a hurricane. It strips us down to our core selves. Exactly. And when I say this was built around my cart... I'm not exaggerating. The cart was in there, dead center, <laughs> as if it was like some ancient artifact they were all studying. <laughs> Our forefather discovered this on the trip through the aisle. We uh-huh. don't know what it means or what its secrets are. Ah, so you came here to study the cart, too. <laughs> I've been here since I was a young man. Let me take you to Professor Archimedes. He wrote a book <laughs> about the cart. Uh, Just don't try to drink him under the table. Cartville. That's what it's called. Marion Ravenwood's there. <laughs> There's a Nazi trying to get access to the cart. The cart holds the secrets to Black Friday. <laughs> the Fury wants to use the madness of Black Friday to win the war. <laughs> <laughs> he raised hand. He has a giant W on his palm. <laughs> did you? What did? Did you just leave the cart be? Well, I shuffled back over to my grandmother. Just. Kind of embarrassed, and I say, you can't get the card on because all the people came and they're sitting around, and I was stuck. And you had a giant lollipop in your hand. My propeller hat. <laughs> but because my family is used to me being a giant pussy, mm-hmm. she tells me to march over there and tell them to please move so I can get my cart. I like that. You walk over there and march authoritative. Excuse me, could you please move the cart? <laughs> I have sales to get to. So I timidly walk back over there, and I tell them that they're all in front of my cart, and I'd appreciate it if they please move. That's when I notice the lady closest to it. Sitting in a fold-out chair, like draped in a blanket, big paperback in her lap, 
This was not her first rodeo by any means, and she meant business. So I say that to her, and with more certainty than I will ever be able to muster, she grabs hold of the cart and says, No, no, son, you're mistaken. This is my shopping cart. Ask anyone here. They'll tell you all I walked in here with it. She kind of gave a look around and looked me in the eye. Jesus, what what did you stumble across? It's like the Black Friday Mafia. It's like the lost cult of the shopping cart. <laughs> it's like this temple of doom, and if I take their shopping cart, they'll all wither away. Society will collapse. You'll destroy Cartville, man. <laughs> a dying Indian boy will collapse into my arms. <laughs> um, A question I do have is you mentioned that a lot of the folks had blankets and stuff. There's no heat in this Walmart? It was very comfortable in that Walmart. I don't know what the blankets were for. They may well, have been taking naps. Or maybe they use it as, like, his distraction, you know, or to strangle people. They throw the blanket up in the air, it falls down, they're gone. <laughs> Where'd all the DVD players go? Uh, I would run into a band of shopping crazy magicians. Shopping crazy magician gypsies. That's what you have just, you have stumbled across. Now, defeated by this old lady, I begin to walk out, and I notice there's a Walmart employee standing at the front of the aisle. Watching the customers on the other side, you know, they are waiting for the sale. And I remember he was standing there when I first parked the cart there. He might have seen me, and he might be able to back me up. I can't go against an old lady alone. I need another guy. <laughs> you come up to him, are you ready to go to war? I was born ready. I paint a giant W on my face. You start walking in slow motion while Phil Collins plays. I can feel it coming in the air tonight. This is just the guy behind you singing. <laughs> This is my cart. I have backup now. <laughs> All right, so I'm thinking about you know, asking him to back me up on this when I realize everybody in this aisle is black. Now, <laughs> Why did you mention this first? Because it didn't click for me until right then. Yeah. And normally, normally I would not notice this, but these were the only black people in the entire store. <laughs> Apparently, Walmart is segregating customers during special events. I, I like to think that when it all clicked, you're like, so that explains the name, Black Friday. That seemed a little racist to me. Yeah. But that is not as racist as I would have sounded if I walked up to that guy, pointed to them, and said, Those people stole my shopping <laughs> cart. There's no way to spin that in a way that isn't racist. <laughs> Those th those kind folks over there who are 364 days of the year are good, decent, hard-working people who love their families. Are acting like assholes this one time of the year. That's what you should have said. They stole my meaningless object, <laughs> and now they're all in it together. <laughs> now, not wanting to say the most racist thing anyone has ever said, I shuffled back over to my grandmother and you know, kind of looked at the floor and told her they trying to get the cart, but an old lady was in the way, so I couldn't get it, and you're an old lady too, so you should fight her for it, but you're not, because <laughs> you're mean. And she tells me to just forget it, because I couldn't get the cart through the crowd anyway, and I should just go over and stand by the pits. So, defeated, I go stand by these barbecue pits, and you can just feel the tension in the air. There are people right beside the packages that are already peeling back the plastic, so they can save that one second whenever they go to pull them out. There was one teenager standing in a buggy so he could grab the pit at the very top. And I'm trying to read my book, you know, get my Carrie Stetko on, 
but people keep passing by me, and every time they do, I have to close it and compress my body up against a wall so they can get by. And after a few minutes, I looked around, I did the math, and I realized there were at least three times as many people waiting for the fire pits than there were fire pits. Uh-oh. I was nowhere near close enough to grab one, but at this point, I was trapped. It's 30 minutes in, and it's so clustered, nobody could get by. We were just bottlenecking. There was these families that were just coming up right beside me saying, Can we get by? Can we get by? But nobody would budge an inch. They just kept building and building, and that's when I realized that even though I'm up against an aisle, the people beside me are up against an empty aisle, which is, like I said, completely empty. All they have to yeah. do is step a few feet to the right, and all these people can get by. So I look over to them, and I say, you know, if you just move over a few feet for just a few seconds, the 2,000 people beside me can get by, and they can get to where they're going to go. Those people looked at me as though I had suggested they pull out their tongues and cut them off. <laughs> I have never been looked at as if I was that stupid. So I make it clear that's not going to happen. I swear to God. One lady looks at me with the saddest eyes I've ever seen and mouths the words, I'm sorry. <laughs> to me, that makes it so much worse. The self-awareness that you know what you're doing is wrong. I know. It was like a microcosm for everything that's wrong with the world. <laughs> like, I could help these people, but my physical comfort means more to me. Yes. Well, I think... I have a feeling maybe the part that I think they're afraid of is that they let those people get by. They're going to try to it's not go where they're saying they're going. They're going to try to rush forward and get the pits. Exactly. Know? They weren't going to give up their stake. Yeah. They, they don't trust yeah. these motherfuckers who exactly. are here for the exact same reason. Now, we get to about seven minutes until the sale. And, you know, I've got seven minutes left. I can I can let my guard down for a moment. When out of nowhere... In the distance, I see people suddenly start ripping into the displays. Oh, no. Because somebody jumped the gun and just started grabbing shit. <laughs> and everybody else took that as a oh cue that the sale had began. That's this domino effect that's going <laughs> down the aisles. You can see how this rippling mass of humanity. And the, the staff there is powerless to stop it. It's like that scene in the Two Towers where like, the orcs march up to Helm's Deep and they're all just staring at each other. Like, the one soldier accidentally lets an arrow fly, and then all yeah. hell breaks loose. Yeah. Suddenly, the people in front of me, standing in front of the pits, just descend onto them. And my first instinct isn't to protect myself. It's to protect my comic book by shoving it under my shirt. Exactly. And the scariest thing is the sudden speed at which these people lose their minds. It was like a zombie movie. One second, they're just sitting there waiting patiently. The next, it's Nosferatu, blood! Ah! <laughs> and the kid in the shopping cart climbs to the top of the pile, and suddenly he slips and falls backwards, and me and his family have to catch him in his arms. <laughs> a lady cries out that she's been bashed in the head with a box. Oh, my God. Everything goes into slow motion. I can't hear anything. A housewife picks up her severed arm and looks at it. <laughs> someone, like, you feel someone shaking, and you hear it off, and it's, we have to get to the pits. <laughs> and fleeing this chaos, I run over to my grandmother, 
who is filling her buggy with cheap vegetable slicers, <laughs> as you do in a crisis. Exactly. <laughs> That's the most essential. If there's ever an emergency apocalypse, the thing we need, canned food, uh, water, vegetable slicers. Those are the three essentials. I'm like, we got to get the fuck out of here. This is the scariest thing I've ever seen. And again, much like the old lady in the aisle who stole my shopping cart, <laughs> this is not her first Black Friday. So she's completely unfazed by all of this. She's the John Wayne of this battle. <laughs> so we start going around surveying the madness. And eventually she tells me to just wait in the underwear section with her cart while she scouts around for deals. I do this happily. <laughs> so she goes out like a scout, picking up things <laughs> she wants to buy, then runs back to me and throws them in the cart. I'll check if the coast is clear. Keep your head down. Be safe. She's realized I clearly don't have the head for this. Yeah. I'm not a man for combat. And next to me, I see this really old man who's just looking around, clueless and scared. And it seems like he's hiding from the shoppers, too. <laughs> so I look over and I ask him, hey, you get dragged here by somebody, too? And he looks at me with the saddest, most pained old man eyes and says, I just came in here to pick up a few things, just some food for tonight. I've been stuck here ever since. Right here. Oh <laughs> my underwear aisle. <laughs> my heart goes out to this guy. He just wants some bananas. He didn't ask for this war. <laughs> He's like the kid who was drafted on his 18th birthday. Oh my god. He was going to go to art school. Now he's dying on the beaches of Normandy. Oh. I look into his buggy and I see he's right. He's only picked up a few things. Some food and I swear I see a bag of pizza bites in there. <laughs> Holy shit, is this my cousin's boyfriend? <laughs> Did he get left behind in some future timeline and drift back here? Like, is this the Walmart on the edge of forever? I've always been here. <laughs> Dime is one to me. Oh. Find my past self and tell him not to wait. Oh, God. And that was the highlight of my Black Friday trip. So, <laughs> I'd say that there's no way I could have went through that. I think I did good to get out when I got out, but um, I take it by this, you maybe not will be going next year? No. The thing that disappointed me is I couldn't find anything. Like, like, what do you mean? Like, I mean, you didn't find anything good? Is that what you mean? Or? Yeah. I came there with the intention of buying gifts for other people, but I couldn't oh. find anything to buy. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, some of the Black Friday deals, like, you know, there's shit. There's, this is appeal to me. You know, I've already got a TV. Mostly the biggest things are the electronics, you know. That's what everyone loses their shit over, mostly. But apparently, you know, a fire pit, you know, Jesus oh. Christ. And how, how much, how cheap was it? That's what I wanted. $20. Okay. It, but, I mean, how much off the regular price? I think it was about $20 cheaper. So yeah. people were murdering each other for $20. Well, yeah. I think next year if you do go, you need to bring, like, a nightstick. Because that's why I mean, people always talk about, you know, you go to those places where people are pepper sprayed and tased and shit. I go Santa style. I just bring a handful of salt. <laughs> ho! Ho, 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 bitches. But, um... You know, you hear all these shit and these goes down. All these people do these bad things. But with a story like that, you made me start to think maybe maybe it was in self-defense. Yeah. <laughs> people were just trying to get out of there alive with their pizza bites. <laughs> but going back in time a little, 
like an old man with a handful of pizza bites. Yeah. Uh, how was your Thanksgiving? My Thanksgiving was actually pretty good. Um, we only had a couple, like my two of my grandparents showed up on my mother's side. They come. They're the only people that came, but uh, I cooked a good bit of stuff for Thanksgiving. Uh, I cooked it. No one else. Oh, Chef Matt. Exactly. I cooked a turkey. I cooked a ham. My father got a ham free from work. That's sort of like his boss. Like, here you go. Here's a ham. So that way I gotta pay you money. He's Christmas just throwing box. hams at people as he leaves. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving, motherfuckers. Oh, duck. <laughs> um, but he I rides could... away in his hot air balloon. <laughs> um, they lose at least three employees. <laughs> it's worth it. Um, I cooked turkey. I cooked uh, some meatballs uh, with tomatoes, uh, with marinara sauce and macaroni and cheese stuffing. Deviled eggs. Matt, you realize we're recording this podcast before I've eaten lunch, right? Oh, I'm sorry. Time zones, my bad. But, uh, yeah, I cooked all that, and um, we had a shit ton left over. They come over for lunch, and then watch football, and they left about 2 o'clock, and then everybody went. Everybody but me went to sleep soon thereafter. <laughs> That's how it always is. After Thanksgiving, everybody in my family goes to sleep except for me. Well, this year you laced the turkey. Apparently, strychnine just makes you sleepy. It doesn't kill you like I thought it did. Damn it. I always get a little frustrated whenever relatives have their own Thanksgiving dinners. Then they come over to our house for seconds. Yeah. You freeloading motherfuckers. Um, back when we lived where we used to live, my mother's side of the family would have a Thanksgiving lunch. And then my father's side would have like a Thanksgiving dinner. We got the best of both worlds. That's the one thing I love about Thanksgiving. It's the only time whenever you don't mind eating the ex- exact same meal every day for, like, a week. Well, I will say this, that um, my grandmother on my mother's side, she is not the best cook. So, like, there have been a few times we've had, like, pizza for Thanksgiving. <laughs> she'll, just, she'll just order pizza, you know, from the pizza place. Um, Meat lovers. And I will say, I will say that uh, while on my father's side of the family, they have better food. My mother's side of the family has better people. So, <laughs> so it's even. Yeah, it, it all balances out. I don't know why bad people make the best chefs. I don't know. You can't Apparently, feel love and make good food. Apparently Hitler made a mean creme brulee, is what they said. Yeah, the only reason he did the whole Holocaust thing is because a Jew made his souffle go flat. <laughs> I told you not to run in, in the kitchen, damn it. Those loud Jews. <laughs> But they're fiddling on the roof. <laughs> uh, what about you? Uh, how was your Thanksgiving? It was all right. I had to work. And I ended up going to the deli at the store I work in and getting a mini Thanksgiving there for lunch. You ate it all alone? With a tear in my eye. <laughs> I don't know if I asked you this, but what I, what hours did you work? I worked from 7 to 4. Okay. That's not that bad. The weird thing about the store being open on Thanksgiving was... The week before that, people kept asking us if we'd be open Thanksgiving. We said, yeah, yeah. we're open 7 to 4. Why? That's horrible. <laughs> like, they were so enraged at that it, convenience. You work at a grocery store. It's not like you go in to work in a coal mine, you know? I'm being sent to the space station. Yeah. And, and 7 to 4, I mean, that leaves, you know, it leaves the possibility. You may not be able to eat, like, Thanksgiving lunch. But you can have, like, a Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah. 
I mean... People were so offended. I have half a mind to sue Winn-Dixie for this. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, I don't think it's necessarily so much a big deal. Especially if you're not really, like, into holidays, you know. Personally, like, you know, I wouldn't have any obligations about working on Christmas or Thanksgiving or anything like that. You know, Matt, I like to treat every day like it's a holiday. It must be a bitch, you know, all that tinsel you go through every year. Oh, it's insane. I'm thinking of just making my own. <laughs> so your Thanksgivings have been pretty good? Yeah, mostly. Uh, my worst Thanksgiving, though, like when I was nine, uh, I ended up sick on Thanksgiving. Like I woke up Thanksgiving morning and I threw up. <laughs> and I was like, shit, the one time of the year where I actually give a fuck about eating good shit <laughs> and I have to throw up. I know, that's like having erectile dysfunction on Valentine's Day. Exactly. Or your birthday being Christmas. That reminds me, I have a cousin who's born on Christmas. This is a brief tangent, but uh, my uncle made my aunt cry one time because he had her convinced that uh, her child was the Antichrist. <laughs> because when he was little, he was kind of a little shit, first off. Um, he was born on Christmas, and this shows me my uncle had too much free time. He counted up all the letters in his name's... <laughs> It was, he had six letters in his first name, six letters in his middle name, six letters in his last name. And that convinced him that my cousin was Antichrist. Was he? I don't know. The verdict's still out. We'll you can't see. just leave a thread like that unanswered. We'll find out one day. Next Thanksgiving. Yes. You eat the beast. <laughs> the uh, the year I was sick, um, I ended up like I ended up that morning sick, and I felt a little better later that that day and um this is back when we were doing two thanksgiving so i ate lunch lunch was i mean i felt good enough to eat lunch and then about four hours later lunch came back oh yeah so lunch to the return exactly it did taste nearly as good coming up question Mm -hmm. when your lunch left you (laughs) how close were you to the dinner table actually it was Enough, I, it was a few hours later, and I was, like, in the middle of a field when I puked. So You were playing your annual game of Thanksgiving soccer. <laughs> Come on, boy, let's work off them calories. Actually, I was with my father. He was checking on his, like, he went to the place where he kept his horse. This is, like, right after he got his horses when this happened. And I was with him that afternoon, and I just, you know, I was fine, fine, fine. But also, I just, ugh, you know. He looked at one of the horses. You poisoned him, didn't you? Punched him in the face. <laughs> Where's my rebar? <laughs> but um, puking aside, I've never... I mean, most of my Thanksgiving are pretty, pretty normal, for the oh, most part. Okay, I just want to point out, best transition ever. Oh, puking <laughs> aside. Yeah. Uncontrollable vomiting, you know. Just I see Tom Brokaw saying that. <laughs> All puking aside, there was crisis in the Middle East today. Speaking of the Middle East... Yes... Oh, yeah. uh, moving away from holidays for a moment, uh-huh. I was told you've uncovered something terrifying. Terrifying and shocking, yes, in a, this episode's edition of It Came From The South. It came from the south. So, um, this actually is something I've seen. It always seems like the awesome news stories seem to come up and happen like right after we get done doing uh actual episode they wait until we're done exactly they don't want and the exposure this was from like uh like a few like a few days after we did our politics episodes so apparently 
there's this guy who was added to the FBI's most wanted list. He's a terrorist, a jihadist, if you will. Um, you want to use his proper name? Yes, and his name. You don't want to offend him. His apparently his birth name is Omar Hamami. I guess is how you say it. Oh shit, Omar's coming. <laughs> yeah, Omar coming. Um, aka Abu Mansur Mansur Al Amirki is you know, apparently this is alias or Manny as he prefers to be called. Yes. He he's been with a uh, Al Qaeda terrorist group uh in Somalia about 6 years. But here's the thing though. While he is on the FBI's most wanted list, the reason why he is is because he is from America. More specifically, he's from Mobile, Alabama, the <laughs> Mobile area. Do I know this guy? I don't know. Um he looks mysteriously like you, James. I'm, all I'm going to say is I've never seen the two of you in the same room together. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I mean the eyebrows, man. To me, I think it's also the hair because I've seen pictures of you where you've got longer hair. I do have a similar goatee. Yeah. Um, Puffs out he, like a horse's tail. Apparently, he was he grew up around Daphne, Alabama. Is that a place you're familiar with? Yeah, it's by Mobile. You may have run into this dude. You never know. I like his baby blue button-up shirt with uh-huh. a camouflage vest. Well, I mean, that is that is the style in Somalia. Looks like action, James. <laughs> Jihad James. My favorite thing about that store is right underneath mm-hmm. the microphone. We have Black Obi-Wan. Yes, I see him. Appearing as a Jedi apparition. <laughs> no, um, my son. <laughs> you were the chosen one. You've corrupted it. You've corrupted the jihad. But here's another little twist. Not only is he born in America, member of Al-Qaeda, he has another side venture, you know, when he's not waging holy war against infidels. A lucrative landscaping company? No, um, apparently he is a rapper. (laughs) He spits hot fire about Islam. That's what his Obi-Wan is so upset about. Yes. I trained you to use your rhymes for good, not evil. (laughs) You need to chickity-check yourself before you chickity-wreck yourself, Padawan. He's more rhyme than man now. <laughs> um, but the article I'm looking at, they don't have it, but I went online. I was able to find a music video, quote-unquote, for Mr. Um, Hamami. I just thought maybe you'd like to listen to it. Get your thoughts on it. I've listened to it already. It's going to be directed by James Cameron, isn't it? It's all CGI. Brava production. Presenting all over the place. Blow by blow. Aw, shit, it's gonna be blow by blow. Gonna spread my jihad all over your face. It all started out in Afghanistan. Ain't no party like Al Qaeda party, cause Al Qaeda party. Don't have women <laughs> because they can't party. It is a sin. Land by land, war by war, only gonna make our black flag sore. 
Is that only gonna make our black pride sore? Uh, I don't know. The death we okay, did he record this on one of those Fisher-Price, my first recording studio things? Well, to be fair, he probably recorded in Somalia. You know, Somalia, they're still using 8-tracks. It's got a good beat. Can you dance to it? Pretty soon DJs are gonna do a dance remix. Someone's gonna auto-tune it. Only gonna bring sweet on the back. Fires kindled up, bleeding buttons. I thought that was several different tracks edited together at the last minute. Yeah. Like Pink Floyd's last album. <laughs> he phoned it in. He and his backup singer didn't want to be in the same place. Exactly. They have very conflicting opinions about the future of Jihad. Mortar by mortar, shell by shell. Only gonna stop when I send him to hell. They don't hear mortar by mortar said in rap songs, bro. Yeah, I mean, I think that's one thing that rap's missing, you know. Obviously, you know, there was the famous Public Enemy's Ode to World War One that featured mortars pretty heavily. All about the doughboys. <laughs> As you can see, you know, the bombs he straps to his chest aren't the only things exploding. <laughs> he definitely has rhythm like he's from Mobile. <laughs> One thing I kind of found interesting is apparently he uh, he supposedly was killed in March of 2011. No. Yes. You mean he was assassinated. Yeah, uh, but apparently Same he... Same guy who got big in Tupac. <laughs> he, apparently, according to him, um, he one of his songs... I, I couldn't find it, but one of his songs... He made fun of the death claims, and he taunted the United States to send predators, predator drones after him. No, he told them to send predators after him. <laughs> that, yeah, exactly <laughs> the actual. <laughs> but um, apparently he wrote an autobiography, because nature, that's what you do when you're a rapping jihadist. But um, he, he said that drones are racist. <laughs> that in Somalia, they target the white people only. Which, I guess, I mean, I guess it's like him, and like, I don't know who else would be in Somalia that's white, but. <laughs> He's against affirmative action drones. Exactly. Those damn robots taking the jobs that should have gone to good upstanding white men. But I think, I don't, I can't remember where he's at on the most wanted list right now, but I have a feeling he's probably like 10, and Really, I think I mean, the only reason he's like on the list is because he's an American citizen. I mean, this, as far as I can tell, other than just working with Somalia, he hasn't really done like you know anything too bad. I don't think. The only thing he's done is drop some ill lyrics. Exactly. He spits out fire. What I want to know is why did he leave Mobile in the first place? Is it because he thought that Somalia was more receptive of rap culture? According to like what I read. His father was a Muslim. His mother was an American Baptist. <laughs> to me, that's the most fascinating thing about the story. How the fuck do those two meet and get together? That's what I want to know. It's like perfect strangers. He, I think he was raised Southern Baptist. And naturally, anybody else who's raised Baptist, he started to look for other religions as he got older. <laughs> and he found Islam. And he identified himself as a Muslim when he was in school. Yeah, and Islam was like the fourth thing he did. He, he briefly tried voodoo. Yeah. He was a Jedi for a while. He got pissed when he couldn't make zombies or do mind tricks, so... <laughs> he was in high school, you will sleep with me. Um, but apparently he dropped out of, of college. when He he was attending the uh, University of South Alabama. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. Um, he moved to Canada, apparently. In Canada, 
he married a lady who is Somali. I think that's probably where a lot of his stuff come from. Baby, one day I'm going to take you back to the land of your childhood, and I'm going to bomb the shit out of it. <laughs> While I rap. I, I don't know. It doesn't say really what happened. But I have a feeling maybe they got divorced. So he's like, you know what? <laughs> Fuck you and your country. <laughs> he writes a breakup rap about it. He disses the entire country of Somalia. It's somehow less offensive than anything Eminem's ever put out. <laughs> but um, that pretty much is my one news item, the uh, the rapping terrorist from Alabama. Soon to be a movie starring Shaquille O'Neal. Exactly. Shaquille O'Neal will be will be his uh, Obi-Wan. And, of course, naturally, the rapping Alabama terrorist, look at the picture, Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> I'd go see it. Yeah, I wonder what would be a title. What would be the title? Ilan Islam? Janky Jihad. Janky Jihad, I like that. Yeah, we'll go with that. Coming soon to a theater near you. It's going to be an inspirational biopic. About how he used his rhymes to escape <laughs> the oppressive environment of Alabama. It just becomes the motorcycle diaries. <laughs> For some reason, yeah, he, he ends up in Venezuela. It doesn't really make much sense. He's betrayed by Fidel Castro. <laughs> now, I think if Fidel Castro were doing this revolution today, he would also have YouTube videos. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, I don't know if he'd rap. He'd be... Castro's always took me as the type to do ballroom dancing. I don't know why. He strikes me as the poetry jam type. He'd have, he'd have like, Bongo's <laughs> Cuban cigar on a hot Havana night. Death to capitalism. And it turns out it's just an impersonator. Yes. We've never seen the real Fidel Castro. Just as Definitely. many Castro bots. His Castro bots in his beard. The real Fidel Castro is clean shaven. There never was a Che Guevara. He was the alternate personality of Castro. It turns out Castro was all dictators. Huh. Now that you think about it, I've never seen Castro and Kim Jong-il in the same room. Just take Hitler, draw a beard on him, Castro. Give him just the mustache and a beret, Saddam. He's like Ra's al Ghul. Is Fidel Castro a myth? Can he be killed by conventional means? Or do you have to put itching powder in his beard? <laughs> or give him an exploding cigar like Looney Tunes. That's a holiday we need to have. Let's kill Castro Day. Well, the Cubans already have that. That's Bay of Pigs Day. <laughs> the kids just make little paper mache Castros and find various ways to kill him. Stab it! Stab it! Yeah, that's good. It's like I the like... jack-o'-lantern. Everybody has their personal touch. Yeah. I'm killing my Castro with poison. <laughs> I'm killing my Castro with a noose. I'm starving my Castro. Look how skinny mine is. That's the first holiday below the Bible Belt would officially endorse. Exactly. We will be spokespersons for Kill Castro Day. Although, for years, I've always supported the idea of combining the holidays into one date. Holiday Day. <laughs> Holiday day. Just get them well, all out at once. I just think, like to open up Christmas presents while dressed as Batman. And shooting fireworks. And getting laid that night. While you eat turkey. And celebrate Christopher Columbus. Ah, eh, fuck Columbus. <laughs> Leif Erikson did what he did earlier exactly. with a Viking hat. Exactly. And he wasn't a sweaty Italian. And he killed slightly more people. Well, all Columbus did was have the sniffles. It's <laughs> bullshit. <sighs> If you leave this episode with anything, it's that Christopher Columbus was a bitch. That's actually a direct quote from a history book I have.
Until the South rises again, I've been James. I've been Matt. Have a happy holiday day, everybody. Happy holiday day. You just been below the Bible Belt. It was just picked up by Jeff Dam- Def Jam Le- Jeff You get it. say this. Def Jam Records. Yeah, there you go.